When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. There's only one word that matters in business in the early days, and that is the word survival. Whilst you're alive, throw yourself 100% into whatever you do and make the best of this wonderful life that we all lead. Hello and welcome to the Boom Podcast, brought to you by Virgin Media Business. I'm Nikki Beatty, and we're back for another episode of Entrepreneurial Tales, Tips and Advice, everything you need to start and grow your business. Today, as ever, we're in good company, very good company, in fact, as I'm joined by two incredibly inspiring entrepreneurs who are set to share their stories with us. On the line from Amsterdam, I'm excited to be joined by an entrepreneur who's a true digital native. His first ventures into the online world began aged 13 building websites. At 16, he started a blog and just six months after that, he turned it into a profit-making business. Although no longer blogging, today he's still known by his online alias, but also as the man behind the online file transferring platform, WeTransfer, a company that serves around 1 billion transfers a year and is valued somewhere between the $1 and $200 million mark. A big hello to you, Nalden. Thank you. Hi. I don't know what I would do without WeTransfer, you know. At least three times a week, that's the way that we do business. So Happy to hear that. Well, we're happy to have you on the show as well, so <laughs> thank you. And for those who don't know or who perhaps have been living under a rock that's not digital, can you quickly explain what WeTransfer is? It's a really uh, uh, user-friendly file transfer service that allows you to send big or small files uh, to people. So what sort of files would they be? Could be photos, could be videos, could be audio. And we should mention, Nalden, that your CV doesn't stop there. You're also the founder of design and film studio Present Plus. Now, when I read this, I thought, is this Present Plus or Present Plus? It's it's Present Plus. And uh, we recently acquired that design studio, that team, uh, with, with with transfer to basically double down on design and and really focus on on building we transfer further. Well, we're going to talk more about present plus in a little while. But also joining us with me here in the studio in London is another entrepreneur whose business centres around sharing online. But rather than sending files, this time we're talking more specifically about imagery, a social platform that allows artists, photographers, and designers to share their creations and also sell them as unique art and fashion products, earning money for free. So welcome to Carl Thomas, founder of My Pick. Hello. 
Hello, Nikki. So doing? it's good to have you, Carl. And your startup story also comes actually with a little Voom power because you were amongst the winners of the 2014 Voom competition or Pitch to Rich, as it was called back then. That's we'll right. come on to that in a little bit. But first, tell us a little bit about my pick. In a nutshell, how does it work and how do you make your money from it? Okay, so I started back, uh, I had a, an art shop when I was uh, studying my master's up in Liverpool and basically creating my own digital imagery to sell on canvas. Uh, when I moved down to London in 2010, I saw an opportunity of, of maybe creating another art shop in, say, Camden or Portobello, but then the full-time job as an architect didn't allow that. So I just thought, let's create a website and rather than sell my own products, let's plug the likes of Facebook and Instagram into the website and create a social platform for everyone to do so. So how do you make money from that? Us as a business. Mm. Or, so people upload photography and we've managed to partner with some of the best manufacturers in the UK that create high-end art products, fashion, and we have partnerships with them. They create the products and they send out for us. So we handle the transaction and we send a commission fee back to the user. So this is different from me uh, wanting to upload a saucy holiday picture yeah. onto a T-shirt for a friend. We, you can do that as well. <laughs> so you I can do that. I don't wish to do that. So you can share and sell or you can create your own. So ah. the products that we've got are, are pretty premium products but accessible prices. And I think the name says what it actually does, my pick, it's for everyone. Um, so we're not discounting anyone. You can create your own stuff or you can share and sell. So when I come to my pick, just to get this very clear, I come to the website yep. and I can look at all sorts of artists' work. You can browse themes, social imagery from around the world, whether it be art or photography. And yeah, you can monetize other people's images. And then if I see something that I really love, then I can yep. also go and think, I quite like that on a long sleeve T-shirt. Yeah. And, and then that user would receive a notification to say... You just made a sale and he'd receive the commission straight into his PayPal account. And what sort of commission are we looking at? So it's 20% at the moment, up to 20%. That's not bad, is it? Yeah. So when did you have your eureka moment? When did you know that my pick would work? Um, I've always had a burning desire to create this for the last four years. I was working full-time as an architect and pretty much evenings and weekends, partnered with two developers and we got the ball moving to create a website and an app. Um, the Eureka moment came when we were introduced to a, a printing company in, in the UK, one of the London directors, who agreed to meet me in Starbucks. So I pitched the idea on an iPad to him and he loved it and said, let's get the partnership set up. And that gave us the tangible print product. Are you suggesting that Starbucks is a hub for Starbucks, creativity? Starbucks is where we do all of our interviews. <laughs> <laughs> there Nald is other coffee shops available. Naldon, let me come to you um, and let's talk about your path into business. Can you explain how you made the transition from blogger to entrepreneur? Um, I think the blog for me was the perfect playground to become more entrepreneurial. I started experimenting with advertising via full screen backgrounds on my blog and it made me more entrepreneurial. A blog for me was always about sharing and putting a limelight on people that I thought was very exciting. And I wanted to take that concept further by setting up a file transfer service because especially back in the day, it was really hard to transfer files, uh, which is why we started WeTransfer. Make it as simple as possible to, mm -hmm. to share files. What were you blogging about? 
Well, when I was really young, it was mainly about music and parties. <laughs> and, and as you grow older, you start to expand your horizon and interests. So it was all lifestyle-related, uh, design-orientated, technology-driven, um, those sort of things in an era where social media just started. And, you know, I was one of those kids that grew up with the Internet. And, you know, when you check out the hotel, the most important thing was to have free Wi-Fi and and you would write about that. Um, so, Nalden, what advice would you give to people who are doing one thing but have a little sense that there's something else out there? How would you encourage someone to start with an idea and see it through? So, there are a few things, and I think uh, some of them are a bit cliche but true. Um, but m- first of all, the... Most important thing is to uh, trust your gut feeling. I think that's the best advice that you will ever have. Um, Secondly, I think people make the difference. So it's really, really important to start surrounding yourself with great people that can enable you to keep going or make better choices. So some of them will be mentors, some of them will be colleagues, some of them will be co-founders. It's really, really important to surround yourself with great people. And then... I think it's also really important to keep things simple, which sounds stupidly, but when we started, we, we transferred, we wanted to even get rid of the whole create an accounting because we don't believe in the fact that you have to create an account before you actually start using the service. We wanted to pe- allow people to start using the service first and when they like it, they keep using it and in the end maybe create an account. I mean, this is the interesting thing, isn't it? You launched in 2009, didn't you? Yeah, December now, 2009. Yeah. Now, there were, at that time, other file sharing services emerging. So do you think it's because it was so simple what WeTransfer was doing? Do you think it's because we didn't have to set up accounts that that, that set you apart from the competition? Definitely. I think uh, the the first benchmark was that uh, our parents were able to use it. And if you look at the competition, they had to start with setting up an account. And most of those services keep spamming you to upgrade or, you know, to that you have to buy something. And we were all about getting rid of all those barriers that actually allows you to just send and share some files. Also, you used amazing, you still do, use amazing pieces of artwork whilst we're waiting. The Mm -hmm. screen loads with all these gorgeous images. So that originated at my blog. Um, That was my idea to sort of combine those beautiful images and give away that space to the creative community to highlight their work, but at the same time also show ads on there and we help advertisers to make better ads that doesn't immediately look like advertisements but definitely create a lot of visibility and clicks so I can sense a partnership (laughs) (laughs) I can too beautiful imagery you have that in common don't you that's exactly what you've done so Carl I'll come back to you for a moment on the subject of advice that you would give to people because you know you you actually trained and became a successful chartered architect Um, that's a great career in itself Mm -hmm. How difficult was it to step away from that to run my pick, you know, full time? It was incredibly difficult. There was no grand plan. It was either to take a sabbatical, take a, a bank loan to keep me into London, in London for a, a six-month period. But I think summer 13, I just got chartered in, in the practice. 
And a friend of mine on Facebook put my name forward for a Nokia commercial. So one of her friends said... What, to uh, be in it? Yeah, so... There was a, a friend of hers who was looking for a 30-something architect to be involved <laughs> right. in a Nokia phone commercial. <laughs> so my friend Steph put my name forward and uh, I, I went over and was chosen um, just purely for the fun. When, when I got there, they said it's a mobile phone launch. So we're f- focusing on how architects use the camera for the phone in their day-to-day lives. Right. So we went up to, to Glencoe in Scotland, shot the commercial, and it was basically me doing a site analysis of an area and then using my designs as part of the the video. And then that was just kind of too much of a coincidence that I was developing an app for mobile photography and art through camera phones or through devices. And at the end of the month, I just thought I need to try my hand and go full time with my pick. And that, that was the kind of the, the jump I needed. Yeah. So everyone in the office thought I was going to be a, a TV extra just doing commercials for the next two years. But yeah, that, that two months later, we launched my pick in there. Yeah, people were So that surprised. inspired you. Yeah, you have yeah. to thank Nokia. Actually, yeah. you have to thank your friend who put you forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. And did you earn a lot of money from that ad? Because I thought no, this story... it was story... just a small... It was just a oh. regular fee. I free. thought the story might have been going in the direction of, and I earned so much money that I was able to give up my... <laughs> I'm kidding. No, the, the art shop in Liverpool and London, when I, I used to sell canvases, that was probably another reason I used to, to earn more money then as mm. a student doing five hours in a, in a, in a shop than I did in a, a month um, as an architect in London. So, yeah, the architect profession, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss it. But uh, te- the web technology and apps is where my passion is at the moment. Well, thank goodness. Otherwise, we wouldn't have my pick. WeTransfer, Naldon, is a free service. I can send two gigabytes of files for free. So how do you make your money? So we have two revenue streams. One of them is the advertising. So for our, all of our free users, we show ads rotating in the back, um, which are the full screen images, um, while they're uploading or downloading files. Uh, secondly, we have... Uh, premium model so a lot of our free users really love the service and want to have more features for example they can upload if you're becoming a paid customer um, up to 20 gigabytes and have some more storage and stuff and that also really works out well for us when you talk about the ads i know this sounds funny but i didn't even know that i had ads going on on we transfer now for me, that's a brilliant thing because I'd, I'd be put off if there were pop-ups coming up all over the place and I had to close things down or something was in my <laughs> peripheral vision. On the other hand, that works in reverse, doesn't it? Because if I'm not seeing the ads and noticing them, why are the people advertising giving you money for us not to really pay any attention to them? So we think that we like to make advertising a bit better by making it a bit more aesthetic or... Um Like billboard advertising used to be or ads in great magazines. And it works because people do click on them. People click on the images and they land on websites of advertisers and the CTR is way higher than the normal industry standard. So we have a better CTR and uh, response than Facebook. Also, you've done it so subtly. It's not... not, Exactly. It's not about shouting for attention. It's about just showing beauty. Yeah, mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you also, Naldon, you bootstrapped the company in its initial yep. years, not taking any investment until 2015. So what advice would you give to people in terms of judging when the right time to look for investment is? 
for every founder, there's a moment in time that you are way beyond of your uh, skill set and acting and the company is growing. Um, suddenly you need to manage much more. Um, then it's always better to get more skillful people in uh, in the company and, and add more professionalism to the uh, founding team or to the uh, leadership team. And for us, that period in, was uh, by the end of 2015 that we decided to uh, look for partners that could help us grow faster, especially in the U.S. And we found a really nice uh, team of investors that really matched with our uh, founding team. And therefore, they uh, invested in us. <laughs> I mean, from a business point of view, we were, were already at a place that it was very interesting to invest in WeTransfer because we were bootstrapped and became a profitable company within four years. So that puts you at a very good place at the, around the table. Did you grow up with business acumen? Did you have people around you who, who taught you about business? Or is this just I, your sixth I sense? Wish. <laughs> I learned by doing. So I made all the mistakes you could make, which is uh, a very good learning. So I uh, advise a lot of other people to not make those mistakes. But what sort of mistakes did you make? What did you learn from? That's what we always find fascinating. So I started with two co-founders. It should have been one. <laughs> and what's the reason behind that? So if you hire a, like a really great person, it can enable and excel your business uh, within weeks. But if you hire or you know, even make a co-founder, um, which is uh, not a great asset for the company, then it could sort of slow you down for months. And, you know, that's just killing your business, it's killing the team motivation. So as I always say, people make the difference. And it's really, really good to quickly understand what's the right kind of person that can add value to your service or company. So choosing the right people, what else did you make mistakes on or learn from? Um, so in my 20s, I did a lot of projects. And if you can better understand which projects can succeed, such as WeTransfer was a project, then I think it's really good to focus as soon as possible. And again, more time and effort put against one project would make that project succeed faster. Carl, following your success in the Voom Pitch to Rich competition in 2014, you decided to open the doors to seed investment and you used the platform Crowdcube last year. How's that impacted the business? How's it going? It was it was um, pretty substantial, actually. We were bootstrapped from beta launch in the end of 2014. So yeah, it was a business loan with Virgin Startups. And then we got to the point where following the Pitch to Rich competition, we just thought to accelerate in terms of marketing um, and actually grow the product, build the product that we wanted to scale with. We went on to Crowdcube and yeah, we just put the pitch online. And I think one thing I should say to most people who are looking to do crowdfunding is always try and lock in your angel investors first. What does that mean? Find investors before you go live because right. we, we did the opposite. We spoke to angel investors outside of Crowdcube and then just through frustration, we said, right, we're going to open up a crowdfunding campaign on day one with, with no investors. So then we had to do the PR, the legwork ourselves while the campaign was running. So we were fortunate to have nice friends and family and uh, the public who liked the idea and we raised 
a third of our investment through that route. And then uh, someone found me in Asia. So there was a, a guy over in Thailand who was browsing UK companies on the internet and he just kept sending me emails, texts, and uh, he eventually came over and made a pledge. So he wanted to invest more than what we were, were offering. And what was it that he saw in you? Uh, the business, the brand, the idea, the team. Yeah. Do you think that it's important that you have, I know we've slightly touched on this with you, Naldon, do you think you have to have a certain level of similar consciousness? Both of you are interested in art and subtlety and mm -hmm. not having advertising shouting. Was your gentleman from Thailand of a similar sort of headspace as you? Well, his background is more construction-based. So he's, I think he's an engineer by trade, but he just loved the, the simplicity of being able to create products from a gallery. And then obviously he saw the potential of the Asian market as well. Naldon, what about you? Do you look for a similar sort of level of consciousness when you pick people to work with you? Definitely. Although it helps when people are from a different background, um, that always creates different perspectives and I think that's great. So have you got a very multicultural company there? Yeah. Describe your office, where you sit. Um, I don't have a desk, actually. Oh, do you sit on a ball <laughs> in the middle of a wooden floor? <laughs> Anywhere where, where they want to have me. <laughs> so. Really? So that's, you know, hot desking. Do you hot desk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So do you like that whole thing of moving around and having everybody listen to you, watch you? I don't like that. So for us, it works. Uh, we have flat hierarchy. Um, and every now and then you need to escape to a silent room. So right. I think uh, it's the combination of both. And it really works. It's... You know, on some Fridays, I help the support team by answering emails to our users. And that really boosts the team motivation and users love it as well. So I think for team purpose, it's really good. So on a Friday, if I've got a problem with WeTransfer, I could have you answering my problem. Are you serious? Yeah, totally. But people tweet me as well with problems. So And you I'm, answer them? That's fantastic. Of that's fantastic, because you probably don't have a lot of hours in your day. <laughs> um, Carl, as a previous winner of Voom, thinking back to when you were pitching to Richard Branson in 2014, what are your top tips for people thinking of entering the competition the next time around? Top tips, try and speak to as many people as possible about your business beforehand. Um, I know when I, when I was a few weeks before the final, I was pitching to people on the tube repeating it in the shower you've just got to literally speak to everyone and get the reaction back at the feedback because you've no idea what the judges are going to ask you once the pitch is finished so that's the most important nail the pitch and prepare for the questions because the questions could could throw up anything so just get your pitch spot yep. on by by sharing it with lots of people and just yeah just don't be intimidated by the stage or the setting because you've got one chance to nail it and you've got to just focus as much as you can Naldon was describing some of the things that he's learned from um to call them mistakes seem silly in terms of business because it's only when we make mistakes that we actually move on succeed and grow but in terms of a little bit of a fail um can you describe some of the things you've learned from from perhaps mistiming, perhaps not getting something as easily as you thought you would? There's always a, a risk of trying to hold on to a product until it's perfect. And mm -hmm. what we did in uh, post-crowdfunding, we, we built a product that in, it was seven months worth of work, we did it in four. We wanted to get it out for Christmas. We did a soft launch in January. And uh, I think you've just got to draw a line of where perfection is and just say let's let's get it out and we're still doing constant refinements and stuff now but the biggest thing is to 
don't hold back until it's too late. Put the, the product out there and see what people think. Nalden, I could hear you agreeing down the line there yes. in Amsterdam. Tell us more. Well, in digital, nothing is finished. Nothing is perfect. So you will always keep iterating further on what you have online. Carl, you've been growing the business over your first two years or so. What do you think have been the learning curves for you? What have you overcome? Learning curves? Well, this is a first journey for me and I've not got a business background and it's purely architectural and design. So, yeah, it's more from the the business financial modelling side of things, speaking to investors. This has been a really steep learning curve and I've probably learnt more in two years than I have in ten. And has there been somebody who's been like a mentor for you? Yeah, thankfully I've got some friends we've met randomly and they've got a private equity background. So they've come on board as advisors, mentors and introduced me to people. Um, But through Virgin as well, we had mentors last year and we stay in touch and the competition really helped set us off basically. That's so lovely to know that you stay in touch because I think people listening might think that once the competition's over, once you've done your pitch and you've done well or not, that's it, it's over. Well, no, I think I'm humbled by the appreciation that they had for my pick originally when it was in beta because it was just three guys in a bedroom who'd created a website. I must mention one of the guys, Andy Fishburne at Virgin, because I went to a, a Virgin Plan Advice Day one random Tuesday in March and the guest speaker was absent. I was about to leave the building. It was raining at 10 a.m. and and the receptionist said to me, what is it you do? And I said, oh, it's a a social app for people to turn their photos into cash. And she saw the logo and said, sit down. And I said, why? Mm -hmm. And she said, "Um, they're going to love this. You should go upstairs. So she pulled Andy Fishburne out of a a meeting. We spoke for two hours about the business and the business plan. And he said, you should enter a competition called Pitch to Rich. The deadline is today. Oh, wow. So that was it. We we entered and I think you've got to be thankful for the people that actually like the idea and like you as a person to actually advance you to the next stage. How nice that you had Andy Fishburne there yeah, that day. That was good. Fantastic. What's next for my pick? What's next? We're we're now trying to scale with marketing. So we're now in the middle of uh, discussions with investors for the next round. Um, we've built a, a product uh, with a team in London and Argentina and yeah, we just need to scale now and get product and the, the app in front of people's eyes. Nalden, in terms of continuing to grow WeTransfer as a business, we spoke at the beginning of the show about your other company, Present Plus, and that's now been acquired by WeTransfer to take care of what we're describing as design-led projects. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, so we had a brilliant design team of digital designers at Present Plus and it made so much more sense to sort of integrate them into the WeTransfer team and double down on the design so that we can build and iterate faster on building new products, um, which resulted in launching a Chrome extension, launching a Mac app, uh, desktop app, and we're about to launch a whole new WeTransfer web service by the end of September. So I'm really excited to get there. (laughs) So what will I get from this? A better UX, better overall experience. We basically rebuilt the whole surface. It's more reliable, more faster, easier to use. It's just better. (laughs) (laughs) Better, faster, stronger. Um, Exactly. And in the press recently, it was announced that uh, radio DJ and musical tastemaker Giles Peterson has been appointed creative director at WeTransfer. So does that mean we're going to see you branching into content creation? 
totally. So he's helping a lot with setting up partnerships with other musicians that want to launch music through WeTransfer. We already saw that a lot of artists, even Prince back in the day, shared music through WeTransfer with their fans. Um, so we want to keep enabling musicians to keep doing that. And what else would you like to see happen for WeTransfer in the next few years? So we're about to open an office in LA. One of our board members is Troy Carter, who is responsible for the success of Lady Gaga. So he helped us out massively with setting up the company there. And we just want to use that space to make WeTransfer bigger and more known in the States because we see that's our biggest growth market. So, Nalden, do you ever have a day off where you just don't think about improving things, improving life, making a better decision? Do you ever just shut down? So I think as an entrepreneur, it's not likely that you ever shut down. <laughs> you, will always have, <laughs> you will always have ideas or sort of like an inner feeling to do things better. But I must say it helps to have kids. So what do they do? Do they send to you and give you a bit more routine? So I just got a, a baby boy, so uh, he really helps me to think about other things. <laughs> well, congratulations on your baby you. boy. That's wonderful. But then I suppose also at the same time, once you have a child, you start thinking about how you can improve their futures in the world, not just in totally. their nursery. Yeah. And uh, well, one thing at a time, right? Yeah, I hope so. Um, so if you were to swap businesses for a day, the two of you, this is kind of a mean question, but it's also a really interesting <laughs> one. Um, Naldon, if you were to be at my pick for a day, if you were to take charge, is there anything that you've already gleaned from understanding from Carl what, what the business is all about that you would instantly do or look at? I think I would pitch the concept to Getty Images mm-hmm. and uh, see if uh, if there's a partnership to be made there. And I think that would be also a very interesting possible acquirer of the product mm-hmm. or platform. Carl's yeah. saying yes. <laughs> yep, there's quite a few partnerships that we have on the horizon that I'd like to approach certain companies with. Um, Getty is a mammoth in digital imagery, so they would be the the obvious target. And if you were at WeTransfer, hopefully in their LA office, mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you I be doing? Do <laughs> um, yeah, I've used WeTransfer for many years in architecture, so I do love the simplicity of the platform. And again, it's like Nolden touched on UX and UI. If you're trying to just streamline a service of sending one file A to B, then the content that's on that page while you're waiting is key. If it's music videos or if it's art or a feature of a gallery, that's something that really interests me. Nalden, do you have any questions you'd like to throw at Carl? Um, I was thinking about, uh, do you know the platform I am? Yep. yep. And how is my pick better or different than I am? Well, they're kind of a branch off from Instagram a few years back. So they created their own social image network and it's mainly photography. Mm-hmm. Um, they've recently or this year monetized with a, a digital stock platform. So theirs is purely digital stock, which is a similar uh, okay. AKA, like yep. a Getty model. And there's quite a few um, digital companies out there at the moment that are doing this, monetizing the content via um, digital download. But what we're trying to do and the reason we've had some good press this year is because we've we've put that legwork in to, to create the partnerships with the best manufacturers. Nice. Um, ours is a print marketplace, first and foremost, and then 
Secondly, we could have other revenue streams, which goes down the digital road of partnerships with Getty and so on. I like that. And and I was really curious, do, are you looking for makers or are you looking for people that want to buy those art? Well, we've got um, quite a substantial amount of artists and photographers who upload at the moment. Again, it's brand awareness, so we, we're looking to grow the content database, um, different themes through challenges, set briefs for the artists, but then obviously targeting the general consumer to say this imagery is available on my pick to buy is a really cool product. It's, um, a, it's a tough challenge, right? Because uh, like I always give the example of Instagram versus Snapchat. When mm-hmm. you open Snapchat, uh, you immediately see a field that allows you to create content, let's mm-hmm. put it that, whether it's video or image. Yep. And if you open Instagram, you see other people's content and, and, and you're about to consume content. Mm-hmm. So, and as you are in this split of a two-sided marketplace, what is the direction you focus on? Well, the, the, the first year we focused on content and growing the database. Makes so sense. users, um, really cool imagery. And I think if you've got that kind of um, inspiration to people who aren't as creative, they will see that imagery and then they may try and create their own product or they will use different apps to, to do to create some, some imagery as well. Mm. Um, so it's about kind of inspiration first and then creation second. Nice. Have you got a question for Nalden? I think we should have a beer and talk about partnerships. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, I'll let you do that. And what would you both say is the most fulfilling part of your job? Nalden, you first. It's always nice if you uh, get up every morning and you go to your work knowing that you work with intelligent, exciting people and makes it worth getting up, right? I think that's really exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's really exciting to uh, work with great, great minds. And what do you do with all your money? Spend it all. On what, though? That's what I'm interested in. No savings, just spend it. What do you like to purchase? What do you like to buy? Um, I like to um, uh, spend it on other entrepreneurs, so I I love to invest in in people. That's a really lovely answer, especially for this podcast. What about you, Carl? What what do I like to do with my money? Yeah. Uh, Invest it into the business for the first two years. Yes, Yeah, but you never know. You might be doing the same. But when you have that little bit extra at the end of a month or the end of a year, do you have anything that you like? It's it's like a reward for how hard you work. I just like to unwind and just relax. Relax, relaxing holiday maybe. Yeah, but you just said an entrepreneur can never do that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible to switch off unless you have someone who's forcing you to switch off. So it's, yeah. And have you? Yes. Good. Both of you have. And you, uh, you'll have a child. Have you got a child already? Not yet. Right. No. There we go. You need to follow in now. I'm, th- I'm only 33. <laughs> Was architecture a bit delayed in, in the <laughs> life planning? Well, I just want to thank you both so very much for being part of the Voom podcast today. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to my guests today, Nalden and Carl Thomas. And remember, to find out more about Virgin Media Business's Voom campaign, head to vmbvoom.com or on Twitter using the hashtag Voom at vmbusiness. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review to let us know what you think. The Voom podcast is a Pixu production for Virgin Media Business and we'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, from me, Nikki Beatty, goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.